Welcome to the Broncos Blitz podcast on 5280 Sports Network. I am Ryan Green, joined by Sean Drotar today. And if you can hear the ambient noise in the background, that's because we are at Tap 14. It's on the rooftop of Haters & Co. Uh, and we're out here, one, because, I mean, like, in terms of spending afternoons in Colorado, this is one of the better places to do it. Right now, it's like 80 degrees. We're on the rooftop, but we're in the shade. There's misters. We've got 70 Colorado draft beers, 100 Colorado distilled spirits. It is right next to Blake Street. we got a Rockies game starting here in like 10 minutes. It's just a place to be. Tap 14, I will always recommend to anyone like visiting or anyone who just wants a Colorado summer bar experience. Yeah, it's a, it's a terrific Colorado experience, obviously. The, everything up here is Colorado-made. The, the food, the, uh, the, the distilled spirits, the beer. Uh, we, it's, we're, we're not bound by FCC rules, on uh, which is what I'm accustomed to on the radio. <laughs> so I can point out that uh, as we speak, I'm having the Four Noses uh, Road to Great American Beer Festival, Ooh. which will be in Denver in uh, very short order as well. All so, right. Uh, yeah, we can dive in there. It's a great place before or after games or just about, like you said, hey, on a beautiful summer day where you can <coughs> be sick for work and get outside <laughs> downtown a little bit. All right, well, uh, you know, the other thing that's Colorado made is, of course, the Denver Broncos, so let's talk about them. They're actually not in Colorado right now. They're out in California having their second day of joint practices against the San Francisco 49ers. It was all shells today, from what I've heard. No contact, which is probably a good thing before the game on Saturday. A couple different fights, though, already. Right? Already, yeah, reported. and that was expected. That's yeah. what we saw last year when the 49ers came here, and, and honestly, if there was not a fight, I would worry about the team's intensity, you know? So, so yeah, some fights. Uh, what has been... I guess the biggest takeaway, have you been following on Twitter today on what's been going on? I have been, looking at the folks that are out there. Right, so what um, are your big takeaways from what people out there are taking away? Not much, because it's a scrimmage. Right. You know what I mean? It's it's one of those spots where we talk about this stuff, and the NFL plays the preseason, or as they used to call it, exhibition season, which is a more accurate name. Mm-hmm. They, they treat it as if it's deadly serious, and, and the truth is it's kind of not. But the, one of the funny things about the NFL is these joint practices, right, are... are more valuable to the teams than the preseason games right. because the coaches can meet beforehand and say hey i'd really like to work on red zone today mm-hmm. i want to i want so i'll have my red zone defense go against your red zone offense for about 20 minutes then we'll flip well right. i'll work on the things they want to work on whereas in a preseason game you just hope that there's half a dozen plays that that might fill that bill for you uh-huh. so I, I think when you, you look at how this goes for the teams for both teams these joint practices are valuable, maybe more so than the games, even though they're not as visible and they don't make money for the NFL the same way. For the Broncos, I think it's an opportunity for a few important guys to rest and a few younger guys see if they can make their name. So obviously we talk about the quarterbacks first and foremost, but there's more to that with this team. There's the offensive line issue. Yeah. Who emerges at tight end? Is it Virgil Green again, despite the fact that he had his chance to become a top receiver? It didn't happen. Who's going for the third receiver job? On defense, they're already getting decimated with injuries on the defensive line, even though hopefully some of them, Billy Wynn excluded, aren't going to linger. So there are a lot more things to talk about in this team than the quarterback, which is good because at the moment, starting to look at like whoever plays quarterback isn't going to make the difference in this season. Absolutely. Yeah, yesterday, the first day of joint practices, it sounded like the quarterbacks performed exactly like they have been performing so far through camp. Today, it seems like a little bit of a narrative. Some people are saying that it's the best 
day a quarterback has had for the Broncos this training camp so far, and that's by Paxton Lynch. Nick Kosmider tweeted out something that said he was 12 for 12 in drills. Now, again, this is shells, yeah. seven on seven. Drills. Right. right. And if we're praising a kid for finally being accurate three weeks into training camp. In practice. Congratulations. Right. Y- you finally did it. But you're right. In terms of this is where teams can practice situational drills no matter what the situation actually is. In preseason games, the situation is whatever down it is that time. Like you were saying, you can practice red zone. You can practice when you're pinned on your one-yard line. You can practice when you're, you know, you got three plays to try and just get a field goal and rush your kicking team out there. That's where you get, you get these five kind of just, you get five plays kind of of each series for both teams and then you're on to the next one. So this is, this is your right. This is especially on for players looking to make the roster, some of the fringe players, these are important practices. And in terms of players that I've been hearing this week that have been having a good week, it's Khalif Raymond out of nowhere. And he was on the highlight reel of the Broncos TV highlights that they had out yesterday. Um, he was one of those guys where I, you know, day one I thought there is no way this guy's making the roster. And. I still don't think he's making the yeah, roster, but I, he's I, I making either. a point. He's making, he's at least showing other players how to make a name for themselves. Yeah, in training camp and a preseason uh, are tr- tremendous value for guys like Khalif Raymond, who maybe won't be uh, making the team this year. Obviously, they drafted Carlos Henderson to be the third wide receiver. Whether he can do that and now has a thumb injury, it, that remains to be seen. But the idea down the road is he's one of your kick returners, probably along with Cody Latimer. Uh-huh. And Isaiah McKenzie has already been named the punt returner by yeah. Vance Joseph. Yeah. It's one of the few jobs already said he's starting. We're done. So Raymond has an opportunity to kind of show out for any other teams that need returners. Mm-hmm. And that's perfectly fine. So I think for the Broncos, there, there are advantages to this practice. You think of the running back comp- uh, competition here, very deep in that spot. Yeah. Uh, an opportunity for the Broncos, hypothetically, to say, all right, we haven't had a chance to run, say, Bernard Pierce out there. Guy that's I haven't even seen him at practice. Right in his in his mid twenties, uh, was pretty good when he first came up with the Ravens. You think he'd like to get him some carries, but if the Broncos put him in during a preseason game, it's going to be for a handful of plays, and it might not be a play where it actually allows him to show what he needs to do. So mm-hmm. these are important uh, practices. But when it comes to the game on Saturday, let's go hop back to the quarterback position. Fans spend a little too much time worrying about the statistics in preseason. Yes. They mean nothing. Let's say for a guy like Paxton Lynch, who needs to prove that he's moving along in the mental part of the game. Mm-hmm. If Paxton goes through a play, goes past the first read, goes to the second read, goes to the third read, finds it's open and throws it, but a wide receiver who's sixth or seventh on the depth chart drops the ball or it's batted away right. by another uh, player, okay, so be it. In the stat sheet, that looks like a bad play. For a fan that's watching it as if it was a regular season game, they said, well, not bad, but couldn't complete the pass. Uh-huh. For the coaching staff, they look over at that film and say, all right, we watched him make three reads, make the right read, make a throw that was reasonably catchable. That, to them, is progress. So what coaches look for when it comes to these preseason games is very different than what fans are accustomed to looking for during the regular season games. So when you look at these quarterbacks against the 49ers this weekend, keep that in mind. An incompletion, they're not all created equal. If it's the right throw, that's still progress. Yeah. And I think the coaches will will say, you know what? I bet Emmanuel or Demarius would have caught that. You know, that's probably what's going through their mind. And like you said, I think there's just, I think 
most fans and most people watching the game last week could see the difference in confidence between Trevor Simeon and Paxton Lynch running uh, that the was, offense. You, I'm glad you pointed out that because to me that was the most telling thing. It was. It wasn't necessarily ability. I throw the stats out. Right. It was that Trevor Simeon looked comfortable in the offense. He looked like he knew what he was supposed right. to do. Now, we know that compared to Lynch, he is physically somewhat limited, but he looked in command and control of the offense. Lynch did not, even right. though the physical gifts were on display, the ability to run and, and yes. with speed and with intent and the ability to throw the balls. But for the Broncos, it does feel like they have a brains versus brawn type competition yeah. on their hands. And I'm not really sure in the next three weeks if that's going to change. So figuring out where they go with that, it's going to be fascinating. Lynch gets his shot with the starters this week. Do you expect anything different? Um, No, because they have been treating practices the same. We were talking about this earlier. If you're going to name Paxton the starter for week two, which they did two weeks ago, this week he should have been taking starting reps the entire damn week. Instead, they're sorry. still alternating. Right. I, I, I get I get that it's a competition. I get that you want Trevor to have some reps with the ones, blah, blah, blah. Paxton's starting. He's your first-round pick. I'm of the belief that he was the reason you brought in the offensive coordinators you did, the quarterback coaches you did. So give him the starting reps this week. I just don't understand why they didn't do that. That could take even just the minimalist amount of pressure off the kid for just this week alone, where he can say, no, I'm getting the reps with the ones. And in practice over in San Francisco, he still has to worry about splitting reps with Trevor Simeon. I think they're handling it poorly yet again. I think it's a pretty good point. Look, Vance Joseph is a first-year head coach. He's trying to learn on the fly. He said himself in the first week of practice, he was on Mile High Sports with myself and Nate Lundy and, and DJ Carpenter right at the beginning of, of camp of the first practice and then said flat out he wasn't entirely sure where he, where he was supposed to be at all times. Not to say that he's unprepared, but there is a, a learning curve here. Yeah. And it does seem that if you're going to say this is a out-and-out, out, completely even quarterback competition, may the best man win, then you should treat them like starters, which means the week that Trevor started last week, he should basically be treated as the starter, getting 70 to 75% of the reps. And this week, Trevor Simeon should get 70 to 75% right. of the reps. If you want a legitimate competition, you're shortchanging both guys yeah. by not giving them the full reps the week that they start. Uh -huh. That's absolutely what it is. All right, another name I've been hearing this week, and I'm, I've got a question for you, and I'm, I'm not into rhetorical questions, but I just want to know if you think it's a possibility. Well, I can't answer if it's rhetorical. <laughs> is it far-fetched to believe that D'Angelo Henderson is maybe the starting runner, running back by the end of the year? It is not. Okay. Not at all. As a matter of fact, if things continue at its current pace, I will be surprised if he's not. I think you're talking about him maybe getting the lion's share that carries as soon as after the bye. Yes. Uh, he's uh, getting reps with the starters right now, with the ones. He's run uh, explosively. He has the ability to accelerate. We talk about, like I mentioned with the quarterbacks, D'Angelo Henderson had a couple of very big runs uh -huh. in that opening preseason game against the Bears that were called back because of penalties. They don't hold that against Henderson, even right. though it comes off the statue. Now, it's also not taken as, as the full marks either right. because sometimes the hold is what gave you the hold that yeah, you yeah. ran through. But when you look at Vance Joseph's statements at the beginning of training camp where he talked about Devontae Booker having a chance to actually win the starter's job, right. which he did. Booker came in and then he had the injuries dealing with that. He called out, in fact, I think you and I were sitting right next to each other. We, he called out C.J. Anderson for durability issues. Yeah. He said you needed to be in shape and he needed to be ready to go. 
D'Angelo Henderson, low to the ground guy, shorter guy, kind of like trying to tackle a bowling ball. Yeah. Uh, it's tough to do, and you've seen success with guys that are 5'8 or around that, as long as they can run with power. Uh, it's a little weird to think that a guy that the Broncos paid $4 million to last year to keep away from the Dolphins might be backing up a mid-round rookie, but it's the NFL, right? And all we hear about is the best guy wins the job. The truth of the matter is the best guy in the preseason of the running back has consistently, yes. from day one, not been C.J. Anderson, right. not been Jamal Charles, not been Steven Ridley. It has been D'Angelo Henderson. Absolutely. I think D'Angelo Henderson did what they wanted C.J. to do. And when you go and look at Coastal Carolina video, D'Angelo Henderson is a big back, a, a, a mainly weight. Now he is absolutely cut, just muscle. And the two runs that I saw against Chicago that I know coaches love are the, he had a 10 yard run where he was patient. He waited for the holes, he waited for the blocking to develop, and then he got 10 yards. But then on his touchdown run, he hit the hole as fast as possible. He showed off the speed, he wasn't impatient, he wasn't waiting for blocks, he knew what was going on. And that's the kind of thing where, that's the comfortability you wanna see across all positions on your team. That's. You don't see the hesitation. You don't see the twitchiness that you see in Paxton Lynch. You know, you don't see the drop kick returns that you see in, I mean, maybe, you know, the thumb issue, but the, you don't see the drop kick returns that you saw with Carlos Henderson. D'Angelo Henderson made it look as though he appeared to fit in on a football team, and he seemed very comfortable on a football field with live action, and that's exactly why the fact that, or the, the statement that he may be starting the starting running back by the end of the season is, I don't think, is far-fetched. Uh, I think he's going to get carries from week one. I, I, when you talk about the way he – I think you picked out the two runs. I know which ones you were talking about. Obviously, the touchdown the other. Yeah. But the idea is there are two different runs. One yeah. is you, you you had to wait a little bit mm-hmm. and wait for that hole and then hit that hole. The second requires faith in your offensive lineman. Yeah. You said, look, we're running right here through this gap. Go. Hit it. If, if someone shoots it or, or if we don't open it up, that's not on you. But I need you to hit this full speed and trust that it will be there. You already saw that, and I am am making the loosest of comparisons. There were a couple things that I thought were reminiscent to Terrell Davis. And part of it was the patience. Davis was known as being the one cut back. Uh He might be able to hesitate for one second, find the hole, and hit it. Not dance. Because see, when you dance, you're you're changing the momentum, and it gives an opportunity for the defenders to catch up with you. So you you can be patient, wait for that hole, and then hit it. We saw that out of him. And then the thing I find interesting, and I want to see again against the 49ers, Henderson has an unusual, and Davis had it too, special backs have it. He has a wiggle in the shoulders without moving your feet. Right. And it's equivalent of a head fake in basketball, Uh where you have the opportunity to make a guy feel that you're going a certain direction, but you haven't changed your body's momentum. And when you watch Henderson run, he has the small little wiggle in the shoulder pad that makes a defender hesitate. But he has, but he still continues momentum in one direction and has the speed to then get by it. Those are the kind of guys that, that uh, again, I'm, I'm projecting. I, I don't think he'd be this kind of guy because these guys are ticketed to the Hall of Fame. And Adrian Peterson has that. Le'Veon Bell right. has that. The, the special running backs have the ability to, to basically throw you off with their entire body, not just their feet. Uh-huh. D'Angelo Henderson has that, and I would argue he's the only back on the roster that does. Right, and has at least shown it so far this training game. All right, to wrap this up, Sean, what are you looking for this week in this week's game? Well, I, I mean, I, I don't have a dog in the hunt in this quarterback contest. I, I okay. don't. I, so I would like to see 
Paxton Lynch come out there, look decisive. I want to see him get to a second read and a third read. I want him to run less. We know we can always scramble. Right. That's fine. Great. Uh, we knew Cam Newton could scramble too. Yeah. Cam Newton took the leap forward when he stopped doing that. Yeah. You scramble in the NFL when you need to. Aaron mm -hmm. Rodgers does it when he needs to. Even Tom Brady does it when he needs to. Right. This isn't a Tim Tebow offense. It's not supposed to be. Right. He's supposed to be looking downfield for the pass and then run if you must. So I want to see more than anything from Paxton Lynch. I want to see patience. I also want to see better play from the offensive line. I think this is going to be a pretty good run-blocking offensive line. Yeah. I also think that Alan Barber is going to take Max Garcia's spot at left I guard. I think you're right. And I think we might see some of that this week. So I want to see more co uh, consistency, a little bit more coherence from the line, and then I want to see Paxton Lynch be decisive. I'm not worried about the stats. I want him to throw at the right target. Right. I don't care if it gets intercepted because that happens. I don't care if it's incomplete because that happens. I want him to make his progressions and the right read regardless of how that play ends up. That, to me, would be progress. Okay. And I don't want anybody on the defense to get hurt. Right. They've had yes. enough of that. That's that's mine. Just uh, wrap Von Miller in bubble wrap and make him sit right. on the sideline. Right. I, obviously, I'm watching Paxton Lynch and Trevor Simeon, but yes, uh, I, if, if the defensive line gives me Pro Bowl-like levels of effort, okay, fine. Just don't get hurt. Because I think, and Joseph said it earlier in the week, they're not really looking to add defensive line help. They think that Crick, Wolf, Shaq, and Shane will all be back by week one. So they don't really want to add, you know, or, or take away roster spots from different positions to add to the defense. But line. it's a gamble. So it's a gamble. Because half the guys right. you mentioned there, uh, Ray and Barrett and Demarcus Walker, who is kind of a hybrid sort of guy. Mm -hmm. um, Walker is reportedly set to have an MRI on his sore hip, even though he is practicing. We know about Ray and Barrett, but those guys don't play with a hand down. Right. So, this is a gamble for the Broncos, and the injuries have made it tough. It's a good opportunity for guys like Kyle Pecco. We know what D'Amato Pecco can uh -huh. bring, what Kyle Pecco can bring, what Zach Kerr, a player that the Broncos brought over that they think is ready to make a leap, what he can bring, Adam Gotsis, yeah. their second-round pick, what he can do. Uh, I'm, I'm with you. I don't need those guys to look like superstars, but I need them to look like they belong right. on an NFL roster because the Broncos may need them, and they may need them over the course of the year in a larger role than anyone expects. Absolutely. I will also be watching the wide receivers. I think since Cody Latimer had a big week last week, Khalif Raymond has had a big week in practice this week. I think you're going to see receivers really trying. Jordan Taylor, out. Benny Fowler. Jordan Taylor, Benny Fowler. You're going to see them laying out. You know, I mean, if Paxton is throwing to them, they will most likely be a little inaccurate. So they're going to have to really catch and hold on to the football. I think the wide receiver position is one to watch. Something that basically. Taylor had an issue with in the opening yep. game. Yep, absolutely. All right, that'll wrap it up for us, Sean Drotar and Ryan Green. Again, we are at Tap 14 on the rooftop, enjoying a selection of 70 Colorado beers, 100 Colorado spirits on 1920 Blake Street. The, we can see Coors Field headlights, or headlights, we can see Coors Field lights from here. It's just, uh, it's they're right in the kind of headlights. Yeah. I mean, they're on the top That's and true, they're yeah. lights, so, yeah. yeah. So, uh, but yes, if you're, if you're in Lodo, there's no reason not to at least stop by for a drink here and enjoy the atmosphere that it is. We're going to go record a Blake Street Irregulars podcast right now, so make sure to check that out on 5280, and always check out 5280 on Twitter. We've got videos, pictures, podcasts, all that stuff coming out all the time, every day. We're, we're busy people. We're busy people. Lots of big stuff coming. So. You, what, we have the YouTube. You film yeah. the YouTubes every morning. We have yes. the morning show on Mile High Sports, 1340 AM, 104.7 FM in Denver. You can always stream it anywhere you are on Mile High Sports. Dot com. Go ahead and do that. Go ahead and do yeah. that. And, and, you know, send him to the show. Make fun of Nate Lundy. He loves that. 
and, and honestly, we love that too. <laughs> so for Sean Joe Char, I'm Ryan Gray, and this is 5280 Sports Network.